0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of season 2 for the Wormburner podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, we're going to be talking about a couple of things when it has to do with the league breakdown plus the Wormburner news section. So for this week, we're going to be breaking down the South African Premier Division also known as the DSTV Premiership. And then we're also going to be talking about the MLS and the upcoming MLS Cup. And then also breaking down what in the world is going on in Europe with the appeal made by Ukraine to remove Iran from the upcoming 2022 World Cup. But before we get into that, be sure to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Worm Podcast. And if you have not checked out our Twitter, it is at Wormburner P D C S T again. That is Wormburner P D C S T. And if you have not checked out our TikTok, it is Wormburner Podcast on TikTok as well. And I am so proud to announce to you guys that we have a sponsor for the Wormburner Podcast, and that sponsor is Arena Five. Have you ever wanted to play soccer with a bounce house perimeter? Well, with Arena Five, you can. This Central Florida-based company. Specializes with all kinds of events church field days, boy scout and girl scout troops, business events, bachelor parties, birthdays, soccer tournaments, and even private parties. If you or your friends want to experience this yourself, go ahead and contact Arena5 on Instagram at arena number five IVE or contact them through Gmail at arena five the number five IVE. At gmail.com. Again, that email is arena number five IVE at gmail.com. And they will hook you up with a unique and authentic experience that you will never forget. And be sure to check them out on TikTok as well at arena underscore number five IVE. Thank you again, Arena 5, for sponsoring this episode of the Wormburner Podcast. Let's go ahead and get into it with the South African Premiership being our League Breakdown of the week. So as explained before, the League Breakdown for this week is going to be the South African Premier Division, also known as the DSTV Premiership. This has been a league founded since 1996, so 26 years ago, ironically just barely older than I am. It consists of a total of 16 teams and two different competitions within the country of South Africa, as well as being able to qualify for both African International Cup competitions. Now, the overall history may not be long But when it comes to the format of the league, it is no different than pretty much any other league around the world. Each team plays each other twice in a one home and one away game from August to May. Now, when it comes to the overall conclusion of the season, the champions and runners-up of this Premier Division qualify for the African Champions League. And third place, as well as the South African Cup winner, qualifies for the Confederation Cup or the African Confederation Cup, making the qualification into the continental side of Africa Rather difficult for the South African teams themselves. Now, overall, when it does come to the South African League titles, there are only seven winners of the South African Premier League title. So I'll actually go ahead and go through all of them. As we speak. So in the seventh and final position, we have Bidvest Wits, also known as Wits University FC. They won their singular title in 2016 2017. You also have Santos or Santos Football Club in South Africa, not to be confused with the team in Brazil. Their one title came in 2001-2002, and then the final team with one title under their belt and sitting in the fifth position is Manning Rangers, winning their title in 1996-1997 in the inaugural season of the South African Premiership Division. In fourth place, you have SuperSport United with three titles under their belt. Their titles being won between 2007 and 2010. Now, in third place, you have a two-way tie between two out of the three fiercest rivals in South Africa. The first position goes to Kaiser Chiefs winning their first title in 2003-2004, and the latest one coming in 2014-2015. In second place, tied for that uh, overall league title position with four titles under their belt with alongside Kaiser Chiefs, is the Orlando Pirates, not to be confused with Orlando City, in the united states orlando pirates won their first title in 2000 2001 and their latest title came in 2011 2012 now there is a massive jump between second and first place because we go from four titles being won by a team to 12 titles being won by a singular team that team in the number one position for the most titles won by a South African club is Mamelodi Sundowns with again 12 titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1997-1998 and their latest one coming in the last year's rendition of the competition 2021 and 2022 now when it comes to the overall teams that have been in the league the longest there are only four teams in the South African Premiership division that have never been relegated they have been in all 24 seasons of of the league and the four teams that have never been relegated from the South African Premiership is Kaiser Chiefs, Mamelodi Sundowns, Orlando Pirates and SuperSport United have never been relegated and that's a pretty incredible feat when it comes to just the overall seasons because Every single other team has been relegated at some point in their history when it comes to the Premiership in South Africa. So that feat alone coming with the hands-down fiercest rivals in South Africa is pretty incredible. We'll be breaking down that rivalry in a minute, though. Going to the Ned Bank Cup, which is also known as a South African FA Cup, essentially. Uh, This competition has been running since 1971 and has a total of 32 teams being a part of it. When it comes to the champions of this cup competition, we have quite a few being the same as the English FA Cup. There are many other teams where it doesn't matter where you are in the league system, you are able to upset anybody. There there are games where teams in the second division in South Africa can beat teams in the Premiership and it's no different with any other cup competition around the world, which is just incredible and one of the reasons why I love soccer so much. The underdog story is is very real when it comes to cup competitions, but needless to say the overall teams with the most cup competition wins under their belt We are going to go with the top five with this one. With number five being tied for fourth place is Supersport United with five Ned Bank Cups to their name. The first one coming in 1999 and the latest one coming in 2017. And in fourth place, again tied with Supersport, is... Moroka Swallows with five titles under their belt as well. The first one coming in 1983 and the latest one in 2009. In third place is a bit of a surprise when it comes to the cup competition. The number three team is Mamelodi Sundowns with six titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1986 and the latest one coming in the current rendition of of the cup competition 2022 in second place we have the orlando pirates with eight titles under their belt the first one coming in 1973 and the latest one coming in the 2014 edition of the cup now in first place we have kaiser chiefs with 13 ned bank cups To their name, the first one coming in 1971, and the latest one coming in 2013 that is going to wrap up the Nedbank Cup or the South African FA Cup competition breakdown. But we're not done with our cup competitions because South Africa actually has a very unique competition that I really wanted to highlight because I think that this is really, really cool. And the reason why I think it's really cool is because this is a league competition that is not like Any other competition around the world I've never seen a cup competition work like this one does but the cup competition is the MTN8 also previously known as the Super 8 Cup competition and the previous top eight teams in the Premiership qualify for this cup competition so it is the 8 Top 8 teams from the previous year's league result that qualify for this cup competition. And it's a bit unique because normally you have different leagues qualifying for a certain league competition whereas for this one it's only the top 8 in the very top division. So it is the best of the best from the previous year. And Genuinely, that's one of the reasons why I like this cup competition so much. Now, with the top five MTN8 champions, we're going to be having a three-way tie for fourth place, and it is shared between Supersport United with three titles under their belt, the first one coming in 2004 and the latest one coming in 2019. The second team tied for that fourth place position is Big Vest Wits or Wits University FC. Their first of three titles coming in 1984, and the latest one in 2016. And in the fourth and final tied position is Morocco Swallows with their three titles coming between 1975 and 2012. In third place, we have... The Sundowns, which, again, a bit of a shock when it comes to their dominance in the league, has come and fallen short when it comes to the MTN 8 title overall winners for this competition. Their first of four titles coming in 1988 and the latest one coming in the 2021 rendition of this competition. In second place, we have the Orlando Pirates with 10 MTN Eight cups under their belt. The first one coming in 1972 and the latest one in 2020. And in the first position with 15 titles under their belt in the MTN 8 Cup, it is Kaiser Chiefs with their first one being won in 1974 and the latest one in the 2014 rendition of the Cup. Now, we cannot go any further without talking about the most heated derby in South Africa, and that derby is the Soweto Derby, held between the two most successful clubs in South Africa, and it is between the Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates, both clubs being centralized in the suburb of Soweto, which is in Johannesburg, in the capital of South Africa. And the backstory between these two clubs is actually very, very interesting because a former Orlando Pirates player by the name of Kaiser Motung, I hope I pronounced his name right, but went to go play for the Atlanta Chiefs, which was a part of the now defunct north american soccer league he then came back to south africa to become a part of the hierarchy of the orlando pirates he didn't like how the hierarchy of the orlando pirates was being run so he broke off and created his own team which would become known as the kaiser 11 which would then mold and evolve into the Kaiser Chiefs that we know today over the history of this rivalry. And the first time that these two teams ever played against each other was on the 24th of January, 1970. And the latest meeting was on the 29th of October, 2022. And looking at the overall series, believe it or not, it's actually a tie between the two sides, both Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates have 20 wins to their name against each other, with <laughs> with ironically enough, nineteen draws under their name. If the next time that they play against each other they draw, it'll be a 2020-20 series, which would be absolutely hilarious. But needless to say, the two teams have a split four titles in the South African Premier Division. Kaiser Chiefs have 13 in the Ned Bank Cup, whereas Orlando Pirates have eight. The Kaiser Chiefs have 15 MTN 8 Cups, whereas Orlando Pirates have 10. International Cup competitions... Orlando Pirates may have less titles than Kaiser Chiefs do, but they hold a title that the Kaiser Chiefs have yet to lift, and that is the African Champions League being one of the few South African clubs to actually hold up the competition, whereas the Kaiser Chiefs have lifted the now defunct African Cup Winners' Cup title and then the Orlando Pirates went on to win the African Super Cup which is fought between the African Champions League winner and the Confederate African Confederation Cup winner of the previous season which again Kaiser Chiefs do not hold that title either and go with a head to head ranking between the two clubs it is very interesting because both of these clubs, the Orlando Pirates and the Kaiser Chiefs, have never finished below ninth place. Both of these teams have never finished below ninth place in the league, pretty much putting them in the top 8 of the division every single year, so it is always a hotly contested rivalry. And even though this league was created so recently, these two teams have such a heated rivalry that it is ranked one of the best African rivalries in the sport of soccer. And I just think that that's absolutely incredible and one of the main reasons why I wanted to highlight the Soweto Derby. So without further ado, this is going to end the league breakdown for this week. Let's go ahead and get into the Worm burner News section for this week. So for this week's Wormburner News section, I wanted to go into depth about what in the world is going on with the appeals made by the Ukrainian FA to the governing body of FIFA to remove Iran from the World Cup. And honestly, it has been getting mixed reviews I would say, when it comes to my overall research over the topic. And I just wanted to expand my opinion. I had already given a partial opinion when it came to this on our TikTok. And so I just wanted to expand it a little more here. So with the overall appeal to FIFA by Ukraine to remove Iran from the World Cup, that is one thing I wanted to go ahead and specify that may not have been 100% clear from my TikTok video is I 100% agree that Iran should be removed from the World Cup based off of some of the reports that have been made and based off of FIFA guidelines when it comes to just overall military conflict and being a aid to particular foreign affairs uh, when it comes to the hot conflict aspect of the war in Ukraine. If these reports are to be true, this is definitely one of the things that should keep Iran from competing in the World Cup. And so I'm glad that the Ukrainian FA has put in this request for FIFA to essentially investigate and try to get to the bottom of, of what's going on. But the part of the appeal that I actually don't agree with is that Ukraine has asked to have their country be put in place uh, instead of Iran and that I don't agree with for certain reasons the main issue for this is that with Ukraine they are a European national team And when you are removing a team like Iran from the FIFA World Cup, Iran is registered under the Asian Confederation. And when you have this interchanging of World Cup qualification spots, it can kind of get a little dicey, and that's why, at least in my personal opinion, that I don't think Ukraine should get that spot. And the reason for that is because a European national team should not get a Asian World Cup qualifying spot to a World Cup. That just... To me, I feel like if you are to remove an Asian team or an Asian national team from the World Cup, they should be replaced by the next best... Asian side to not qualify for the World Cup that's just the way that at least in my opinion it should be interpreted the FIFA guidelines and competition rules should be uh, interpreted as but overall when it comes to Ukraine getting into the World Cup I am not against the idea for Ukraine getting in, and that's something that I want to do to expand here. There was a comment made that essentially agreed with my TikTok and that they felt like Iran should not be in the World Cup. And one of the points I made in my video is that when it comes to the European side's, None of the European sides have come out stating that they will relinquish their World Cup qualifying position to Ukraine to allow them to compete in the World Cup. And the fact that Ukraine would have to get it through means of removing it from a country outside of Europe's jurisdiction is very bizarre to me. And I feel like if if the world of soccer really did want to have ukraine in the world cup they would find the means within europe's governance to or uefa's government governance to allow for this to happen and again like i said i am not against the idea to have ukraine in i definitely think that i mean maybe in the in the future it would it would have to be very very soon But a team could withdraw and say, hey, we want our spot to go to Ukraine to allow them to go to the World Cup. And I just don't see it happening in my personal opinion because the World Cup spots themselves are just so driven. And when you qualify for the World Cup, it means so much to your country. There are teams around the world nationally that have never qualified for the World Cup. And I I remember when Bosnia and Herzegovina had qualified for their very first World Cup. It was the very first time I ever got to see Manchester City's uh, striker by the name of Edin Dzeko uh, qualify and get into a World Cup. And it was just absolutely incredible that I was able to see such a historic event. And when it comes to the overall World Cup itself... Teams. There are national teams that have never qualified for the World Cup. And it's a bit of a blow when something like that happens that you have this country that has experienced a war that it never asked for. And it's it's absolutely, truly heartbreaking. And, And one of the reasons why, if a national team in Europe wants to relinquish their position to allow Ukraine to go... I can 100% understand the reason why they're making that decision because it would mean the absolute world to the country of Ukraine to be a part of the World Cup and to have that stance in the World Cup to allow their country to compete. But I just personally don't see a European side relinquishing their qualification spot to go to the World Cup. It, it that's just for me because, again, the World Cup is a, is a very competitive setting. And honestly, when it comes to countries, they would do anything to qualify for the World Cup and to just give it up for one instance. At least for me viewing it, I, I, I'm viewing it in, in a slightly pessimistic point of view. But again, like I said, if a European team wants to do it, By all means, I 100% agree and and respect that decision, but also within the same breath, I don't see it happening. I don't think that Ukraine's going to be getting into this World Cup, at least by the way that FIFA is... I, I think FIFA is going to rule this appeal. I think that they will uphold the part of removing Iran from the World Cup, but... I don't think they will uphold putting Ukraine in its place. And honestly, I would be interested to see what the result is if Ukraine get put in in place of Iran. I wonder what the overall look of the outside world looking in on FIFA, what that would be. So with this uh, explanation taken care of, let's go ahead and go to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals that happened this previous weekend. I wanted to go over some of the stats and just how I felt about the games. Uh, I think the easiest one, as I had stated previously with the podcast, the easiest to predict was the Philadelphia Union versus NYCFC. Philadelphia ended up winning this game three to one, and it was pretty convincing when it came to the overall scoreline. And Philadelphia had a bunch of shots; they had seven goals on, t- uh, seven shots on target, and eleven shots in total. Whereas NYCFC had their eleven shots, but only four of them were on target. They were less lethal within the ramifications of shooting on goal against Philadelphia, and that's what Philadelphia needed to do. They have that star-studded lineup when it comes to their defense, and it's just been absolutely ridiculous all season. They hold one of the best records defensively in the league, and they rightfully deserve to be going into the MLS Cup final against the Western Conference final winners, Los Angeles FC, I was a bit shocked with this game in general because LAFC did an unbelievable job shutting down Austin FC. In looking back over the previous two times LAFC played against Austin, they were not shutting them down at all nearly as good as they were this time around. And the stats show how much they they shut down Austin. Over the length of the game, LAFC registered 19 shots with 10 of them being on goal itself, whereas Austin got 7 shots with only 1 shot on goal. As I was stating in the previous episode, having those shots on goal made Austin lethal in their previous games, and LAFC did a really, really, really good job of just shutting down Austin's clinical finishing in this game and they rightfully deserve to go into the mls cup final against the philadelphia union going into this game it's it has been a very long time since since either team being number one in their conference has qualified for the mls cup final and we see this result uh going into this cup final i don't know, honestly, how this game is going to go. Looking over the previous two sides, their way to the final, hmm, it's, it's really going to be a test of grit when it comes to this game. Both teams are very, very, very good. The Philadelphia Union has a defense that has been very hard to break down this season. Just looking at their record overall, 19 wins, 10 draws, and 5 losses only throughout the entire season, whereas LAFC have had 21 wins, 4 draws, and 9 losses under their belt. And I think, personally for me, LAFC, with their 9 losses, has gotten... Experience on how they can break teams down when it comes to the Western Conference. It is very, very heated and just overall a very good field to have the competition that it does. The real question to me is can Philadelphia shut down LAFC? And they have done a very good job all season of shutting down teams. LAFC have a lineup that I'm not entirely sure Philadelphia has played the equivalent of this season and I just I'm not entirely sure with this one and I I, with my predictions I've I've been a little off when it comes to the MLS Europe I'm doing good (laughs) but for for the MLS I'm I'm Stumbling out of the starting blocks, let's just say. Um, For my final prediction going into this match, coming into this upcoming week, oh, man. I think if Philadelphia take the game early, Philadelphia is going to win. They will have that momentum going into the rest of the game, and I don't think L.A. will be able to fight back, at least personally for me. They have the talent to, but... Would they fight back? I'm not entirely sure because Philadelphia's defense, when they get confident, when they have that lead, it can definitely make a difference in a game. Now, I will say this, the later in the game for the MLS Cup it gets, it favors LAFC. The reason I say that is because of the sheer fact that they have stars that will make things happen and when you are at a 0-0 going into the 70th minute, times like that matter with stars like LAFC have, with Gareth Bale, with Chiellini in the defense, with Carlos Vela being in the attack. It is times like that that make a difference to those players, and they will step up and they will make a difference when it comes to this match. So if it goes to if philadelphia gets numbers at the beginning one or two goals at the beginning i feel like that they can defend well for the rest of the game going into lafc's half i think the later that this game goes in a nil nil or a 1-1 possibly the better it it benefits la going into the later stages of the match even into extra time and pk's i think la have that edge when it comes to unlocking Philadelphia's defense because it allows them to spend more time breaking it down. And if they have that confidence, not not giving Philadelphia the edge, there's less pressure on them and they'll be able to unlock it better. Ooh, my final prediction for the score. Let's go ahead and say... Mm, 3 was a really good number for the previous semifinals or the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Mm, Let's say 3-3 at the end of extra time, LAFC went on penalties. That's very specific. I know it's probably going to shoot me in the foot, but I think that that would make a really, really, really good LAFC victory. For this season and it will really show how much LA has grown and going into this upcoming next season it'll just be a bolster to the MLS and I hope that we can carry it out throughout all of our competitions into the CONCACAF Champions League and all of that so I, I very much look forward to all of this and I'm also ready for the World Cup as well, too. So, without further ado, this is going to wrap up this week's episode for the Worm Burner Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Worm Burner Podcast. If you have not checked out our Twitter, it is at Worm Burner PDCST. Again, that is Worm Burner PDCST. If you have not checked out our TikTok, it is at Worm Burner Podcast on TikTok, and then Finally, thank you again to Arena 5 for sponsoring this week's episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you guys have a great week this week. Even watching the MLS Cup Final, I know I'm probably going to go out uh, to eat that night and just enjoy the show and enjoy the time that everyone's going to be having for that game so uh, i very much look forward to it so without further ado stay safe have fun and love soccer i'll see you guys next week ciao everyone